Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Portland Business Podcast. I am Brian E. And again, I have my buddy Dustin joining me and we're trying something new. Got some feedback. Love the feedback. Totally appreciate it. The feedback was, um, Brian, you're super light energetic and, and Dustin, not so much. So we're recording in a different way. And you guys can let me know if this recording comes out better or worse than our previous method. Um, and I had another question of oh, technology, how high tech we are. We're not, I'm not super high tech in this podcast. We're just doing it. Uh, and so far the response has been good. So as we're fumbling through a really not, not we're not a studio or nothing elaborate, I appreciate the feedback so I can make it better. Dustin, good afternoon to you, man. How you doing? Doing well. Can you guys hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? What about now? How about this? Is this better? So, um, and see, I'm messing with you because I know when I do that, you couldn't really hear me very well. Um, so, man, what a great day today is. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking about CRM, uh, a contact or client resource manager, and, and why the topic. It's my choice of topic. It's my show, so I'm fantastic for me. But the, <laughs> the reason is that it's something I frequently run into. I run into businesses that are, aren't utilizing it. Um, I recognize some holes in their process or in their marketing or in their messaging and really see how they could benefit by doing it. And Dustin being a message strategist, that's all he does. Like clearly yeah, it's something that, that is appealing to him. Yeah. I mean, anything that, that helps you track your leads and aspects across the buyer's journey and kind of systematize that whole process is going to be a good thing for your business. Yeah, Dustin looks at a lot on tracking of leads. I look at it um, a lot from the sales side. I think my brain tends to be more sales wired sometimes than, than others. And, and a CRM will help you track what is your sales system and you get to put it in there. Like you don't get one shoved onto you and you can see where someone is in the various steps of your sales cycle. I think that's really important for people to identify. So today we're gonna uh, talk a little bit about some of the problems uh, pros and cons of CRMs, talk about a couple of solutions that I've used or suggest. Uh, of course, all this will be in the show notes, so you can scroll up on your phone or your uh, if you're watching on Spotify, listening on Spotify. Um, if you're running right now, please don't trip and fall on your face. That would be really awful. So when you get home, you can <laughs> scroll up, you can hit a link. Uh, but that'll, that will be in there. And then, yeah, then we'll wrap up and be on with our day. Sound good? Sounds good. Awesome. So... Uh, what's, what's the, what, what's the case point that I see? And I, I see business kind of fall into a handful of categories and really they're smaller solopreneur businesses, um, or they, they started small and they grew to 10, 20 employees, or they may be bigger local companies or even that huge enterprise level and enterprise level being like all state insurance, a nationwide company or, um, uh, boy, now I'm just, I just like total brain farted. So. That's on the air. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so a big national company, and, and they're going to push on you what their their product platform is. Um, maybe even a franchisee type system where you've you're an arm of a, a bigger umbrella. That while you're still your own business, you're you're using somebody else's bigger brand that's represented across the nation. So again, they provide you some tools. I think in those larger two elements, you can use what's already there and hopefully you are and there's nothing i don't think there's anything wrong with exploring out of that and incorporating your own system because your business even though you're part of a franchise your business still may be five 
50, 100 employees. It's still going to be smaller to where, you know, on that close nature, you can, you can do it better. Maybe, maybe not. And then the smaller businesses, I see people that either do nothing. They use Gmail and or their calendar uh, or they, they aren't using anything. Would you concur with some of that, Dustin? Or tell me where I'm failing. No, I think that's right. I mean, ultimately, a franchise may not be a good fit for changing a CRM because they have to use whatever whatever their governing body tells them to do. But if you're a solopreneur or a small business and you don't have a systematized process to you know, track the, the, the sales process and you know identify leaky points and, and places where you can improve, then you're just not going to get the best results. And you're also not going to be in the best position to, to grow your business as you, as you get bigger and bigger. So, so true. And I think that's, that really becomes the shining light or the pinnacle of this conversation is that these are all things, tools, steps that are brought up to, Hey, how can you, how can you grow your business and be more, more effective, Uh, especially on the solopreneur front? Like the biggest scary thing is how I can't replace me. How am I going to replicate this? How, what's going to happen if I get so busy I'm just going to turn away work. Well, you don't have to, right? You can, you can take a percentage or, or have a, a mini you if you have a system internally and a process and you're like, now you just got to train, you know, mini you, junior business owner person replicate to do what you do. And that now you don't turn away business, right? Now you can scale. Now you can grow and have a very uh, tangible, usable business that, that can handle it, right? Yeah, and I mean, also, I mean, beyond that, um, the less time you spend prospecting, everyone knows you, you make more money, right? Because you can actually be working on deliverables and, and things like that. So I don't, I don't know, Dustin. Can... Prospecting is like getting punched in the face. Like some days, I just really <laughs> get punched in the face yeah, a lot. I really love doing work without getting paid for it, and that's just awesome. <laughs> that's the best. Like, yeah, <laughs> it does seem spot yeah. on. Spot on with you. The... Sorry. No, after once you, you optimize the step each process, right? You're going to be able to convert more leads into prospects and spend less time prospecting. So that's kind of how it's relevant. Oh, totally. And, and some people fall into fear. Like if they have a CRM and a process, well, now, now they've really, they're really pointing out if you, you've got a, let's say your sales cycle or the, your client flow process is four steps or five steps or six steps. Um, if you got a whole bunch that are empty, you're really pointing out to yourself, like right here, right here in this empty spot, this is where I'm failing. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to, to look at it on a daily basis. You know, open up that dashboard and you know, maybe you have 500 or 5,000 contacts, but you've got two people that are stuck in the prospect phase and you have two people that are clients in action and like everything else is blank. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, seeing that, uh, you can't not fix it, right? Because then you're you're aware of the problem, whereas you can kind of just gloss over it because it's not in front of you every day or, or ever. Well, one would hope. I mean, that that's the ideal, right? <clears throat> right. So for those who don't know, what's a CRM do? If you haven't caught that yet, you, you it kind of becomes your, your daily action place for things in your business where you're going to track your contacts, emails, things come in, things go out. Most CRMs have uh, a way to automate or systematize certain given messages. So let's say your sales process is four steps and um, you meet somebody and before you have like a, a discovery meeting with them, maybe they have two or three emails that go out 
and if they take action on one, then the next ones don't go. You can automate those in a CRM. So how it helps you grow your business is that nothing falls through the cracks. And this is something I told Dustin earlier today, we were talking before we were recording, is that in today's day of technology, nothing, nothing should fall through the cracks. You shouldn't get a response from somebody you're in, engaging in business with that, oh, this slipped by or I forgot to do this, whether it be because of a calendar or your smartphone has reminders, or if you're using a CRM, there's tasks that pop up, there's action items, like this should not happen in, in today's business space at all. Yeah, and beyond that, you can also, it's a lot easier to personalize your messaging at each, at each step for, you know, based on where the, the person is in the buyer's catacomb. So it's essentially like walking into the conversation inside of their head and saying the best possible thing you can say at that moment to move them to the next point in the, in the funnel or the sales process. So true. So true. So the, the couple of CRMs that I want to talk about, I, I myself um, like and use HubSpot. I have used Entreport as well as a, uh, Infusionsoft. Um, I haven't used Insightly, but I do know a few people that use it and, and speak very highly of it. So I'm looking at that. And then lastly, Zoho. Um, and let's actually, let's firstly, let's talk about Zoho first. Um, Dustin, do you have any familiarity or experience with Zoho? I think not, not specifically, but uh, you were telling me about how people can kind of package and, and turn their process into a, a product and add another revenue stream. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in today's day and age, um, as margins are getting pulled slimmer because of competition and, and, and the landscape of things, I think a lot of businesses do a lot of things they can monetize or capitalize on that that's being missed. And uh, a few months ago, I was having a uh, discussion with a physician and she's back in a class for a new accreditation. And this, she's been in business for, I don't know, for five, six years. So it's more than that. And a lot of people in this class are relatively new, one or two years. And so she's sharing things with them and they're kind of wow. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. And as she shares this with me, I tell her, hey, you need to, you know, make that pretty, put it in some sort of a PDF or something and package it as to what it, what it is, what the topic is, and then sell it. Like, would, would they all pay 10 or $20 for that? She's like, yeah, easily, right? Especially if you, especially if you sell it really well as to, to how you developed it and, and how much went into it. Like they're getting way more than $20 of value it's easy for 20 bucks. And then it's simple to identify these various classes across the country and do a little, a little add to them. And then now you're getting $20 from 10 people in 48 States in five major cities in each state. And next thing you know, you've turned some income around out of what you already do in your business. What Zoho has done. Sorry. I'm no, Go ahead, Dustin. Would you be worried at all about sharing your, your secret sauce with the competition? Eh, you know, this is a topic that Dustin and I have actually had a handful of times and me myself and yeah, not so much, you know, I'm not that horribly worried. And a lot of it's because the massive amount of people that will really do nothing. They may be, they may even write it down, which is I think rare at that, but then the ones that will actually take the next step and actually execute and really compete with you are, are so few and far between it, yeah, I'm just not that worried. I'm, re I'm really not. That's, That's me. A great point. And, and also, also, um, you know, once you're the person who's developing those systems that people in your industry are using, I mean, you can do that in your marketing, right? And, and all of a sudden you are one of the top authorities in, in your market because you're making the yeah. system that other people are, are copying. Exactly. Exactly. And, 
you know, back to the, the sharing your secrets with a competitor, you know, if I'm, I'm Apple or if I've really got a unique proprietary item, okay, I'm not going to share the architecture of what we're doing to build the greatest high tech item, but to show somebody what we've streamlined or to sell to someone that may be in the same industry, how we made a better process internally, or how did we improve our patient flow in the system, or what did we do to have a, an automated follow-up, or what have we done to help get better Google reviews? I mean, that's for a, a small doctor and a small, uh, I think Portland's a relatively small town, that's a huge thing. To be to be the, the doctor or the dentist with the most Google reviews, that's, that's huge. And yeah, that's kind of a case study at the same time. Exactly, completely. So, you know, I don't... I don't look at that as being really damaging to your business to share those kind of things. Plus, you know, what it, it, some of that gets to mentality. Are you, are you scarcity mentality that, man, I've got, I have 487 patients and there's only 500 people. So I can't share anything. I can't lose anyone because like, it's such a limited small space. Yeah. Or are you so confident in your abilities that, yeah, you're you're acceptable, or you find it's okay to you know, just share that stuff with other people. And what is that going to communicate to the market? Right, you're yeah. going to tell people that you're that confident. Yeah, I think if your market's that small, if you live in a tiny town with no stoplights and you know maybe no real large department store, um, you don't need to worry about competition because it's so small. For an outsider to come in and open a competing business is is a feat in itself. Right. And then outside that, if you're in a larger city, even Hillsborough, kind of the outlying of a metro area. I mean, that's a bad example because Hillsborough's got a ton of employee. Take uh, Woodburn. Right. We're definitely on that cusp between Salem and Portland. And if you're not in our area listening around the U.S., look at a map, Google it. Um, even if you're in Woodburn, I don't think there's a huge worry of. Um, outside competition or, oh my gosh, I want to share my, share my secrets if you're a, a dentist or a doctor or, you know, a, 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 a fairy or somebody who takes care of horseshoes for that matter, right? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and on the opposite end, if you, if your market is online, anyone online, and you have millions of people potentially that you can sell to, then it's, it's even more of a non-issue because, I mean, everything's online, right? And yeah. there's so much competition that you can't think about, you know, someone copying your, your whatever because they're going to copy it anyway. Yes. From, there's a, a, a person that, uh, for the, okay, okay, pause, sorry about that. For those who don't know me, I'm an avid cyclist. My, my family is, we ride bikes all the time. There's a guy I ride bikes with who has a, uh, a brand called Everything's Been Done. And it, it's such a great concept because he's right. There isn't a lot of, of new original ideas. Like a lot has already been done. You're not really making up that much new stuff anymore these days. So, Back to Zoho uh, and, and what Dustin was bringing up is that Zoho is a CRM and you can customize it. It has most of the features that they all do. Customers can go in, you can do lead generation. Where Zoho um, stands out, and I used it years ago. I used Zoho when it first came out, which was back in 2010-ish or so is when I first got introduced to it. It's really cool because it was one of the CRMs that you could customize. You could change a lot inside of it. And as Zoho's evolved, one of my friends, Jeff, Jeff, if you're listening, how's it going? And you're not going to reply, so you can talk to yourself and carry on that conversation. Um, <laughs> but Jeff has a business called Fat Cat. And what Fat Cat has done is he has a unique industry he's in. 
Uh, he's definitely very ingrained in his, in his business, in his industry, and he made a really cool Zoho instance, and that's what Zoho calls your, your CRM. It's an instance. Um, think of it like a blueprint. Is that, am I explaining that well, Dustin, or am I really bombing on that? Yeah, it's like a, a plan that you can, like a process that you systematize. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've, you've outlined it in Zoho and it's your instance. Zoho allows you to take your instance and you can transfer the instance. You can transfer the outline or the, the flow chart of your instance, which means you can sell it. And that's what he developed in his business, Fat Cat. They take his Zoho instance and resell it to others in his industry for a fee. Yeah, the best part is you don't have to do any extra work because you're already using it. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to find a platform to sell it on because it's already built in. So it's, yeah. you know, it doesn't take any extra time. Yeah, and this, this is a conversation I find with a lot of clients that I talk to. When I see them doing things, I'm like, hey, you know, that, that little bit you do there, or for some people, that thing you don't want to do because it's a high pain, low profit process of your business, man, if you could systematize that and package it, why don't you just sell it for a low DIY solution? You provide them the outline. So my point is, is that as I'm discussing with business owners, a lot of what I'm, not a lot. One of the things I find myself frequently doing is, hey, here's something else you're doing in your business that you can make a product for your business to generate more money. Um, and with Jeff and, and Fat Cat and Zoho, he took a way to take his CRM and have it make him money by selling it to others in his industry because his industry is relatively unique. That's awesome. Without that, without that friction of you know, having the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like his, his business, he didn't replace his core business. He just went, man, I spend so much time on dialing this thing in for me. And I, I believe, and, and I'm, he hasn't shared the story with me how it started in a long time. So Jeff, if you're listening, I apologize for bombing the story, but I believe someone else in his industry, they were talking at a conference or connected somewhere and they were chatting about the challenges and he said, hey, I tried this and then I did that and blah, blah, blah. As the conversation expanded, I believe this guy said, hey, I researched that and, and you can transfer your instance. You know, if I gave you X amount of money, would you sell me a copy of your instance? He was like, sure, I, I like money. Money is good. <laughs> and then the light bulb, I think like, I have kids. So I think like uh, uh, Despicable Me with Gru is like light bulb. You know, the light bulb goes off over Jeff's head and he's like, man, this is, I, I, could, I could sell this to more than one person. This would be awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Dustin being a messaging guy, um, most CRMs, if you haven't caught this yet, have a layer of, of email or automation sequences. And a question I'll get from people is, well, why wouldn't I, I've got Gmail and it's free and I use Gmail and I can use MailChimp. Why wouldn't I just do that? Use Gmail and MailChimp. Dustin, riddle me some of that. Why, why are something going to benefit from CRMs over just using uh, their Gmail and MailChimp? Well, I think CRMs have a lot more systems that, that make it easy to, to you know, track the next steps in you know, for each customer. Whereas MailChimp is kind of like you have to just set it all up um, very granularly, and it's not, it's not, it's not really for tracking individual leads across a journey. It's more about um, tracking a, an entire audience across the journey. So, I mean, you could use it, but it, it would be a lot harder to do and. I mean, business owners don't have a lot of time generally. So right. if you're going to 
sounds like the best solution. I don't think. I don't think. Okay, that that makes total sense. So you, you can totally use it. It's usable. It's a viable option. But you're not gonna you're gonna have some shortfalls. Like it's great for your messaging. It's great for campaign setup. But you know you're not gonna have leads necessarily go in there per se. You're not gonna track a journey because it's not set up to track where they are in a sales process. Um, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, I mean, you do need it, I feel like, or you do need an email system within your CRM at the very least, but yeah. um, having that additional piece is going to be really helpful for busy business owners. Yeah, I, right right on that with you. Um, so let's talk about the next phase of, or a different brand of CRM. So Insightly uh, is a good one. I know a couple people that use that and are, are really following it. And what we're going to do here are, more your um, monthly SaaS product pay to play. So Insightly, and let's kind of loop a few together. Insightly, Keep, and um, Entreport. I think they all kind of fall in that same realm where they're 50 or $80 a month to start from. A lot of uh, functionality from messaging, from tracking process, from multiple users. One of the things I want to bring up that I think is, it's good and it's bad. On these pay to play systems, once you're in, you're kind of in. So, you know, be aware of that, that if, you're, if your business shifts a little bit from, from how you act in it, you're kind of stuck in paying the piper because you've now started using that as your, your core business functioning place, right? So be aware of being stuck in a CRM. Am I explaining that well, Duster, or am I, am I missing the boat? Yeah, I think that makes sense. But so if I'm I'm choosing Zoho or one of these other ones, like why am I? What's the deciding factor for me? Well, and I I should probably look and look. I have Google, so I'm gonna do it really fast. I'm not sure what Zoho costs. Um, I tend to be, uh, I tend to recommend uh, HubSpot more than any for clients. Um, and Zoho has a free option, and and the way I look at it is to use use a freemium product is what I'll call it, where they have a way you can access. A, a skinny down version or a non feature packed version for free. So you can still use it on a daily basis. And if you find you want some of the expanded pay features, you can go to the 50 or hundred or $150 tiers uh, to utilize more of it. And if something changes and you want to dial it back, cool, you can go, Nope, I want to, I want to not pay a month anymore. I'm going to go to the free version and go back to the trim down version and still track your clients through a process, still use it for lead gen, still have some of that pieces that are built into it. I think especially if you're a smaller, you know, a solopreneur or a uh, five-employee business, it's going to be really, really helpful to get to try it out first and see if, it, if it's going to work for your, for your process and your systems. Yeah. So, in, in, and I don't mean this to be a tutorial or a comparison. Um, really, your various platforms, HubSpot, Entreport, Insightly, um, Infusionsoft, really have a lot of the same features. Um, they really do. It's they're, they're, they're competitors. They, they package things a little differently. The, the UI UX is a little different how it looks. So make sure as you're, as you're playing with them, go look at the websites and like, do, does it look and feel where it's sensible in your head? Uh, and last but not least, let's chat about HubSpot. HubSpot is my favorite. It's the one I like. And HubSpot can do something really cool. You were telling me earlier about uh, how it notifies you when someone opens your email. 
Oh yeah, yeah. If you're if you're getting into lead gen, or or looking at some some tac what I, what I call this tactical marketing, right? If you want to be really effective and tactical in your marketing, HubSpot has a Chrome extension, so you got to be using Chrome as a browser. You got to be using Gmail for your email distribution, whether it be G Suite or or free Gmail. But you install the HubSpot plugin, and when you send an email. HubSpot's extension will send you a notification that the recipient opened the email. And if they open it 27 times, it will show you they opened it 27 times and the dates and the time and everything. Um, and <laughs> aside from potentially, you know, I don't know if I tell, I would tell them, hey, this email is being tracked, you know, I'll know every time you open this, probably a bad idea, but <laughs> where this really becomes a viable business feature is that if somebody requests, like great example, you do a, a lead gen campaign, you have something on your website, hey, download our six easy steps to lose 10 pounds, you know, without doing any exercise. Assuming you're in the fitness or, or weight loss products industry. I'm like, Oh, download that. Give me, give me, give me. Well, you can see if they open it once, if they open it twice, if they open it every four days, you know, if, if I have something like that and somebody's opening it on a highly repetitive basis, I'll, I'll reach out and call them and say, Hey, is there, I saw you downloaded our, our, how to, how to lose weight without exercises or something I can, I can guide you towards or a question I can answer. Or, you know, do you have some feedback of somebody jump off a cliff or something? Right. And if I know they've opened the email, if, they don't, if, if I know they opened it four times, they probably need an outreach, but there may be a day where I'm, at my desk or at my phone and it, the notification pops up that they're opening it for the fifth or sixth or 27th time, I'm going to call like, Hey, and, and your opportunistic phone call becomes so in point at that moment, because you know, they're looking at it for the 27th time. <laughs> you're, you're, you're viewing the content that I send you the 27th time. Let's, let's have a chat. <laughs> you're not going to get the, who are you? Why are you calling me? What's going on? Yeah, I think that's really key for, for three reasons. One, I mean, talk about walking into the conversation that's going on in their head. I mean, you can't do that any, any more than they're thinking about you, and now you're going to give them a call. Um, on the second level, you know that if they're looking at this multiple times that they have questions they're wondering, and so they're going to want you to answer those before they, they choose your service. And third, if they're looking at, looking at it that many times, you know for sure that you know, they're going to make a decision soon, right? They're, they're probably comparing different options, different products, different services that offer the same thing. And, you know, they want to know which one's right for them and they're going to, they're going to choose soon. So yes. if you don't reach out to them, then they're going to probably reach out to someone else or someone else can reach out to them and they're going to, they're going to choose someone else. So yeah. um, if they've seen your email 27 times, like you better jump on that before you lose that forever. No doubt. No doubt. And that's, you know, that's a neat feature of HubSpot. Is, is that the reason to use it? No. Um, but they have a great system uh, that you can customize your process flow inside of it. So you're not stuck with um, what, what a one system I looked at, they called it a, uh, a qualified prospect than a prospect than a, you know, a, a client in presentation process than to a client, no close. It was, is these, these various steps they lay out, you couldn't change. Um, and that, uh, in HubSpot, you can customize that. You can add steps, take steps away. You, you have layers of automation. Um, they have a customizable lead gen plugin for WordPress websites that's super easy to use. So if 
a client or a prospect is on your website and you, we've all had this, you get the pop up, hey, join our newsletter. What's the first thing you're gonna do when that pops up? Click it out and be annoyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you're an email marketing guy and you're the, the first thing you do is click it out. <laughs> Probably because you don't want to get their emails. Uh, but I mean, it depends how they use it, really. Yeah, it, it is very true. With HubSpot, what you can do with their web pop-up piece is you can customize what it says. So you can change that context of what's being put up in front of them, right? You, you can... You, you use it as a tool, maybe to grow your email list, which is incredibly important. That's a whole separate topic maybe we can do another day. Or let me rephrase that. One we'll do another day, not right now. I don't wanna get into it. I, don't want, I have a horrible track of getting, horrible habit of getting sidetracked. But- Wait, Brian, so can you, can you also change the, like the context of when it pops up on the page? With yes, HubSpot? you can change when it pops up, the frequency it pops up, um, the, the actual copy in the pop-up. And their default is sign up for our newsletter, which, I find less effective these days, but I've changed it for a few clients to um, making a guess of what I think they're there for and putting the exact words in that copy of that pop-up, what I think that is, and it's been very successful. So, hey, are you looking to solve this problem? Click here for, for to have one of our geniuses reach out to you or, or click here to get the four-step solution to that problem. So I'm we're taking the pop-up and turning it into a lead generation as well as more engagement with them on the website. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's key to offer benefit, but even more importantly than that is like, what people hate is when you, 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 go, you first go to a website and then the, the form pops up right away, right? Like yeah. they just got there, they don't wanna do that. They don't, they don't wanna do that shit. But if they read the entire article and they get to the bottom, now you wanna have that pop-up and offer them, you know, okay, so this read, read this article on five ways to lose weight, like now offer them a checklist on how to use the five ways the easiest way, right? So yes. tie in the content and what they're doing totally. with the form. So it's totally. super relevant to what they want at the time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love to bounce this off you. I take the pop-up setting to be a full page scroll or like 15 seconds. So I think you could test either, either way. way. I mean, yeah. yeah, either way. But I definitely don't do the the pop up after a second and a half. That's just so annoying. No, that's no one like that. It's got to be heavy contextual. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, HubSpot is currently currently my favorite. It's one like I said I use myself. I recommend it strongest for people who ask me when we bring this topic up. And I bring this topic up when I'm talking with someone and they don't have a system and they're they're struggling. They're seeing clients fall through the cracks or they don't know if they're falling through the cracks or they don't know their ratios of things from uh, people they meet to how many convert at what various stages and everybody says they convert all. In case you're saying that in your head right now, like, Dude, I, I convert everybody, I don't need that. And you don't, nobody does. Um, <laughs> so these these are the conversations that happen or recommend. Let's, let, you know, let's use a CRM and see how it helps your business out. Um, and I, I frankly, I don't care if people use which one they use. They have to use the one they like and the one that, that works with their system and, and with what they do. But I do usually tell them these these choices and, and how they can leverage them, like with Zoho selling if they want. And like, no, oh, I'm not into that. And people are like, oh, that's a great idea. No, great. Go research it and see if see if it's the one you want to do. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, what's measured is improved, right? So yes. um, if you're measuring it, you're going to be 
you're going to be more likely to improve it. And you're going to be more equipped to do it. Yeah, completely. And, and hopefully that helps you be a better business person and run a better business. Um, helps you have better client contact. Oh, client contact, support. A lot of CRMs, and here's one thing that I don't know if all do, but they have um, technical or support ticket options in them. So you can kind of use it for your knowledge base or support system also. And you can track the client after service standpoint as much as the pre-client acquisition phase. That's really cool. So you can have like an FAQ of the most common objections that people would wonder and you can kind of head those off so people can access that easily, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but where I've seen it used is is more on the after. I'm your customer and you sell a purple widget and my purple widget turned orange and I go to your website and I'm like, go to the support tab and there's one that says, what happens when your purple widget turns orange and I click on it. And if I want to delve it further, the CRM, like HubSpot does this, you can create a support ticket and then that comes down a separate trackable path. So you have your organization flow as a customer acquisition, but now we're, we're creating a whole different system for the support element, customer support after the sale ongoing, what are the problems? And in that phase or the phrase Dustin used, what's trackable, you can improve. Now we can track, well, what, what products or services are we having problems with? How are we utilizing what we do internally to solve these problems, right? And you can look at that and, and address and, and it's separate and know, oh, I, I have a service issue. If you have four inbound sales calls a day and 40 service issues a day, uh, I got news or I don't have news. You should know it. Like we need to solve what's going on, on the service side. Yeah, I mean, that's super key because um, obviously you want to retain as many clients as you can because it's much cheaper to keep the ones you've got than it is to get new ones. So, you know, whatever you can do to make them happy, um, but more than that, it's like you're going to get feedback based on this and then you can use that to improve your process even more. So eventually you, you won't need to do those things because you just have it so, you know, lined up that it'll just be like a perfect client process. Exactly. Well, my friend, I love chatting with you. I could talk your ear off all day. Um, is there anything you think I missed that's on your mind as we were talking the, the guise of CRMs or, or client process systems? No, I think we pretty much covered it. I really appreciate you as always. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to get on a call with me and record a podcast episode. Uh, all the listeners, down in the links below, if you're curious about these systems, they'll be in the links below. Click on one, uh, check them out. And Dustin, until we have another podcast, you guys have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Brian. And thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.